Ladbroke it on all your favourite racing. Download the Ladbrokes app today. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Live on SEN Track and streaming on the Live One channel on the Ladbrokes app. This is the Ladbrokes Autumn Breakfast. It most certainly is, wherever you might be, right around Australia. Hello to you. We're working a little blind in here. Is there things meant to be on? Yeah. I know it's the last show of the year. What are we taking the technical side of it off? All of a sudden we can't see anything. We assume we're on Vital Labrokes Live channel. If you're not, you're just seeing nothing. You're probably listening to us via SCN track. And we have not only lost technical staff, but we've also lost key panellists. Well, don't know about lost. I think it's a bit like a race at Aintree. It's sort of a war of attrition <laughs> by the end. Only the toughest still standing <laughs> and therefore they're left with us three. So... As the only member of the panel to have been on each and every show, something which I'm no, very, very proud absolutely of. Absolutely no chance. Which you left I, halfway through yeah, the... Doesn't count. I doesn't started count. and finished the show. Oh. Had a little time out. If, but you know why you're here every show? Is because everyone else on this panel has a junket to go yeah, to. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah. I'm just the hard-working member of the team and I will continue to do that until Sunday where I'm off on a junket. Where are you off to? Off to Adelaide. What for? Gather round. Yeah. Which will be fantastic and just soak up some of the atmosphere leading up to the Live Golf. Are you around for Live? I'm not yet, but I'm expecting Dan Cobby. He says he's not going, yeah. but I'm expecting he'll be there and we'll be watching the golf together. Yeah, what, what's the live betting you going to Adelaide? Uh, 500 to 1. Really? 500. All right. Where's, where's... Hey, hang around. I'll be there. Oh, how good. <laughs> of course you are. Of course well, it's, that's history. Well, it's history. When are you getting there? I'm not going until Saturday morning. Or Saturday morning. I went to uh, I went to the first ever live event in the last year. Really? First ever. So you were the only person you reckon there to say I've been to the live event. Where was that? Mexico? No, England. England. No, that's this year. I went to the first of the e actual ever. ever. Yeah, in England. You went yeah. to that, and you've gone to the first one in Australia in Adelaide. So that'll be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Cobby, how you doing, brother? I'm well. Looking forward to a big week. Um, one of my favourite days of the year, in fact, All Age Steaks Day or Champagne Day mm. or Cocker Day. What are we calling it this year? I think Cocker uh, Day. I think Cocker, Cocker Day. taken the attention. Um, what a race it is as well. Looking forward to, of course, the other slot races as well, the, the Sandgroper, the Nullarbor, but obviously attention still probably on Sydney. So looking forward to, to a big All Age Steaks Day. I think it's been one of the great races over the last couple of decades, and it's probably been starved of that prize money rise but in recent years we've seen the prize money rise and we're just getting that quality field so 1400 metres it's that sweet spot you get the sprinters sort of stepping mm. out beyond you know I guess their comfort zone and you get a few of those I guess Brisbane horses resuming or even some horses like cascading etc that are stepping back in trip at the end of their prep so it's always a great race and uh, this year is certainly no different. Uh, afterthought I think diminishes the race and I don't wish to do that but it does sometimes feel like an afterthought after the championships and the two days of that which is outstanding but it is always a great race and tomorrow's no exception there's so many questions that come out of it Zaki of course resumes we'll get deeper into the Labrokes market a little later on in the show Giga Kick 1400 metres that group one and a couple of other horses Cascading is so interesting huge in the All-Star Mile huge in the Australian Cup scratched last week pretty much on the eve of the race and then bang goes back to 1,400 metres, and there's a legitimate chance as to why he can win the race. So there's a lot to get into. Wherever you might be, you can always text us, 0499 736 736. Hey, Pat Carberry's going to join us, talking to Quokka. He's on the high horse and the favourite. I assume she's still the favourite. The rain yes. coming in the ballot. I don't know if it's coming. Love. It's not? It's coming, but it's not coming. There is, there is going to be rain forecast, yeah. which I think will but help. But what I'm saying is that center. track, I just don't know how how rain-affected it's going to be. Mm. I mean, we'll, we'll find out, won't we? But right now, we just looked in, Gareth and I, outside. It was a good four still. Still good four. 24 hours out. All right, well, we'll give me a look outside. 
uh, when we're outside the show. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was Gareth and he did look outside here and saw it wasn't raining and said, no, it's not raining. <laughs> Let's get into first things first. On the Ladbrokes Autumn Breakfast, first things first. On your Twitter, I mean, Quinny, take it away, mate. Well, yes, once again, this did drop on Twitter throughout <laughs> the course of the week, but... I'm protesting protests now. We've got a race what? we're going to show on screen and I'll walk the radio audience through this. Yes. It was from Mackay during the week and there was a bit of interference throughout the course of the run. We can see on screen for those that are watching via the Ladbrokes live channels. The favourite, the odds-on favourite and winner, and I'll preface this by saying I was not financially impacted as well. Loops to the outside, gives the opposition a bit of a bump here, but then continues on its merry way to record a very comfortable victory. Now, at this point in time, the horse that ends up being promoted to first is making up some ground on the outside, but the, the result was never in doubt. So it was a pretty comfortable victory there for the winner. This is the head-on. Yes, gives a bit of a bump. Yes, I understand that jockey safety is paramount. And yes, probably deserved a bit of a suspension on the back of that. But I cannot say that bump cost that horse the race. And without the bump, the result would have been different. I think sometimes with these protests, you're better off if there's interference running second and throw it in the protest where I really only want to see protests upheld, where you look at it and say, there is no doubt if that didn't happen, horse A would have beat horse B. Because these times, if you can make a case, oh, maybe it could have been upheld, I can see how they did it. I don't think that's strong enough to change a race result. We want these jockeys going out there, looking after each other, being safety front of mind. But at the end of the day, I just don't think there's enough in things like that to change a race result. I just think it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one because, like, I agree with what you're saying, but in terms of the scenario... Oh, that was almost close, wasn't it? Um, with the scenario with... Queensland stewards, I guess, is that they lost their chief steward last year and they've been hiring a lot of new stewards. So I guess, you know, could there be someone sort of like, you know, on the junior end of it, you know, say chairing that meeting? I mean, we don't know. I mean, I don't know the details of it, but that's the only thing you can really put it down to because I wouldn't have thought, say, a really experienced steward, like, say, if you look at a Robert Cram or a Jamie Steer down here in Victoria, like, I, I just don't know, I don't see how that could be upheld. So that could be the only thing on. I could put it put down. Putting a punting hat on. There's a $1.50 favourite that won the race originally, right? Yes. Mm. So if you've taken the $1.50 you've, and we want to... We, we are an industry funded by punters. I would be surprised if there weren't punters that lost on that protest. Like, well, bugger this. I'm going to go bet on the NBA. I'm going to go bet on something else because that's just not fair. And I can see their, I can see their case. But hang on, you're not making the decision on wagering. You're making a decision on whether you think the race should have been overturned. And it shouldn't have been. Yeah, but it has a domino effect. Because it does have a domino effect, but when you're a steward in that room making the decision, you can't no, be thinking that. about No, no, right. I know. Yeah. But, but for the, from a sport yeah. racing fan yeah. and racing... Participant to a small degree. I haven't done the stats on this, but it does feel like for some weird reason that we are starting to see some more protests upheld than we have in previous years, right? And, and it's a good, really, a really nice point you make about the stewards and the, 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 the induction of stewards and you know, some inexperienced or at least less experienced stewards getting around. But I always think that they would err on the side of not upholding a protest and yeah. it does feel like we are starting to see some protests be upheld. There's no way in the world that should have been upheld but I also understand that it is a very tough situation to put yourself in that situation where you're like, oh, it got beat by a length and a half. Like, it is, it's a really complicated, it's a really complicated scenario that we see almost on a regular basis but I also sometimes feel that we're all just on different pages. 
different stewards in different country, in different states or different governing bodies. Not dissimilar to you know, a lot of how Australian horse racing. You make a great point, Cam, and you know what? It's not even necessarily about our states being different. Think about how different we are to the rest of the world as yeah. well. Um, like if you look at America, like that horse there on screen that we just saw, I would have been disqualified. Yeah. <laughs> Back Which is life. just completely ridiculous. ridiculous. Or in England, it but would have been correct white. Correct white. So, I guess, do we not only need reform, I guess, within the states, but also, I guess, internationally, is that... Uh, and that's been a talking point in probably the last six to 12 months, yep. is that a lot of, I guess, governing bodies around the world have tried to gather and, and try and get on the same page. Because I know some of the, I guess, the sharper minds in America are just saying, this is ridiculous mm. how we still govern our sport the way that we currently do. I think so, it's a great conversation yeah. uh, here in Australia to try and, and... And it may end up that they sit down, we all... Well, not we, well, I wouldn't be there, but everyone sits down together and works out a way going forward. Now, it might actually just be status quo, and they might say, look, this is what we're, we're going to do. We're going to make sure we work out the processes going forward and the education of stewards or whoever it might be to make sure that we are all, in every single state, every race meeting around the nation is policed the exact same way. Or there might be arguments from certain sectors or certain people or whatever it might be that we need to maybe have a little tweak at how protests are looked at Overall, I, I don't know which way it is. I'll leave it to people a hell of a lot smarter than myself. But there does seem to be an ongoing conversation. It's gone a little bit up in temperature around protests in the last six or 12 months. And that's not good for the sport. You look at the MRO and the tribunal, if I digress to the AFL, and the adjudication of certain situations has everyone confused. And we don't want to get to that point where racing's the same if we cop a little bump at the 600, next thing you know, you lose the race. Look, I've got the utmost respect for the stewards and stewarding is a tough game. Oh, absolutely. With what's happened with COVID is that we've seen a lot of stewards return home and then I guess a few younger guys go overseas. Yeah. So when you've got the jurisdictions around the world not on the same page, mm -hmm. is that then when you're sort of changing things up with like the, the situation with COVID with a few of them coming home, is that I guess messaging gets mixed along the way. So... Um, until the world's on the same page, it's hard to get the states on the same page. But in terms of that case, that was... Yeah. I'm it's, upholding, probably of, it's probably one of the worst I've seen. I'm upholding the protest. Thank you. Of which you protested. Thank you. <laughs> I was, but honestly, because I watched it live and then later on I saw someone congratulate Ryan Wiggins on winning the race and I was very confused and I, I just had to look twice. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how has this happened? But... Back to that punting element is that obviously with the protest payout with most bookmakers is that they would get paid, but yeah. the problem is in the multiples and the fact that Quinny's saying it's a dollar fifty. Yeah, a dollar fifty is that you know you wouldn't get paid out on those the, the multiples, which is obviously then going to be a killer, isn't it? I know a lot of the SCN track get... listeners. I was on air at the time. A lot of SCN track listeners had that horse anchored in a couple of multiples. We're not saying a lot. Yeah. Four or five definitely texted in saying, "Hey, you know what? What the hell's going on?" And in the end, unfortunately, they miss out. All right, for you, first things first, Dan Cobby, take it away. Get rid of live barrier draws that are event driven. Oh, um, and it's not necessarily just to like the quacker was pretty much just the icing on the cake, but they've just got no. There's no point of them. Unless you're going to have a Tuesday night black tie ball, which is going to encompass your charity partners, your sponsors of, say, the championships, and then run the barrier draw, fantastic. But I think having separate events is just ridiculous. Um, you know, you're asking participants, for example, if you're a trainer or an owner that lives out in Western Sydney, say at Rose Hill or even further out, and you've got barrier draw at 9am at Ramwick after a morning of track work, that's the last thing you want to do on a Tuesday morning. Um, or the events they hold on the boats and all that sort of stuff. Look, it's, it's obviously a great spectacle for some people, but in terms of the participants, there's just absolutely no reason to have them. And obviously the quokka this week was just a perfect example of it being a schmozzle.
Yeah, but that, I, I, I see your point a little bit and I have never been a participant where I've owned or trained a horse that has been in one of these barrier jaws and I understand it can be most certainly an inconvenience, but I don't think you can link the inconvenience, which is a fair argument, to what happened earlier in the week at the Quokka. That was just they're not Exactly, they're not related, but what I'm saying is chaotic. the whole... They just need to be strapped all together. There's yeah. no reason for them. If well, there is his, reason because... Is he going to lose his invite to the Ladbrokes Cox Plate? No, he'll be there. No, but they do it great. But that's 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 in just pulled the no, no, no 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 Poor old no, singer, no, no, right? no it's Sam not. Swain's ringing no, from no, the valley saying no no it's not him. because they run the breakfast with the stars and they do it well everyone then has a procedure of walking up to the ballroom and they have a, a procedure in place where it worked perfectly fine so you're saying you've got to have the procedure I agree you've got to have the procedure the in place right, but also it's an event that's did. also a, it's track yeah. work and then it just rolls so, straight in so the participants don't have to change location they don't have to go anywhere else it's there okay so you you're you're not saying scrap them you're essentially saying tweak them to be run correctly. No, he, that is run no, correctly. I, he opened the batty with scrap he, he, though. No, I was, but I, I think when you look at Breakfast with the Stars, but then also the Valley throughout the week would have other events on, is that there's just so many events into a, a major race day. If we can just bring that down, I think it sort of helps everyone's well, cause. Magic Millions barrier draw? It's a great it's a great spectacle, but obviously driven by government. Yeah. Um, to have people down on the beach. So there's different reasons for that. There, there is, but a lot of them are financial. In fact, majority of them are financial sure. when it comes to these type of situations. And I, look, what happened earlier... Even that's a schmozzle cam in the sense that you finish there and you go, oh, crap, we've got to duck out to the sales because the first lock's going through the ring in 23 minutes. Like, that is almost... Agreed. Come on, it's not like a horse got loose or anything. It's not a show. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. <laughs> I agree, but from a... You, you mentioned mean financially. Like I, I 100% get the inconvenience and logistical... Differences for certain people, in particular if you're heavily deep into a horse in the race or you're, a, you're an owner or, yeah. you know, whatever it might be. But I, I also think sometimes we are too deep and probably even deeper than I am, Dan, when it comes to these situations. So the Magic Millions barrier draw is by far from a sure. external situation where the tourism dollars and the government gain money off it. That's what it's for. Right, so, I, so finding the right balance is most certainly probably a conversation to be had when it comes to the participants. But I, I think that they give a great deal of intrigue and drama and external exposure to people who wouldn't necessarily get it. Well, that one does because yes. it's obviously in the public light. But I think having, having it in a committee room locked away in a race course that's pretty much empty most days of the week except for on race day... Yeah. Like, what exposure is that creating? It's no, creating nothing. Agreed. Agreed. So it's more... I'm going to play devil's advocate and allow him to say tweak rather than ban them all. Yeah, I like the... He came out strong and then he... <laughs> I, just, I agree with just the old computer. Jeez, his, phone's, his phone's lighting up here. All those <laughs> staff members from the Valley not happy. Look, just on the topic, unfortunately, it was a debacle on Tuesday and it's it's actually it, it, you know what though it's actually I, I know I'm a silver linings half glass full top of guy it's put him a little more into the limelight not in the way they want yeah, to be because right. essentially the high paws and the favourite and Western Australian's queen or soon to be possible queen ends up getting more hurt than anyone by getting the outside gate but it has definitely put them into a conversation of which they may not have been outside of the hardcore racing industry yeah, people. We haven't heard so much about the Perth Stewarts since they robbed He's Remarkable oh. the Group 1 over there. Poor old Roger James is Too still soon. getting over that one. I'll tell you what, there's been some funny ones in recent years, isn't there? Of course, State of Rest, Animo, was um, was one of the greats mm. in terms of <laughs> there's plenty of people on either side of the fence. Jack and Owen, Gentleman Roy, oh. uh, we had that big one in the TJ a few years, or more than a few years ago now. Like, there's been some absolute beauties of protesting Group oh. 1 races. Take Not just the ones that Remember when Takeover Target That's exactly got right. robbed?
Remember, uh, I don't Port remember takeover. this as such, but you guys might, in particular you. David Taggart often quite talk, uh, talks a lot on SN oh, Track you're about... you're older than me. Am I? Absolutely you are. I'm only 32. No, protest. And, uh, <laughs> this is one we'll uphold. Tags talks about when you could bet on the protests. Yeah. Imagine they bought that back. Because it, it would really be an interesting situation because it would be very hard to set a market. That would be a perfect example. Well, it's great on this course. This is 101. But the problem is, is that we're just not getting the punters on course to be betting in the ring anymore. It's also true, unfortunately. So. Hey, um, Giga Kid goes around the all-aged. Uh, could he end up being, and I wish I wins kind of in this conversation actually as well, but Giga Kick, if he runs well and wins the all-age, which I am assuming he's still favourite, is he? Close enough to it. We'll look at the market later in the show. Either way, he's, a, he's most certainly a horse that's in the market. If Giga Kick runs a really strong 1,400 metres and wins, a, and wins the all-age, then it looks like that he will be set towards an Everest where he'll try and go back-to-back -back as reigning champion and then the Golden Eagle. Could Giga Kick... If he was to win both of those races and he's only halfway through his four-year-old campaign, could Giga Kick end up being the most winningest prize money horse in the history of Australian racing? Well, absolutely could because mm. he gets the double bite of the cherry and if he runs in a few Everests, a couple of bites of the cherry with these inflated prize money pop-up races. So, therefore, you are going to get more money. And, uh, I mean, it's another interesting one if you factor in the prize money from races like the Everest and the Golden Eagle, then absolutely you have to. So, so my question now to you guys, be, yes, and I wish I win who won a Golden Eagle and could very well win an Everest 12 months later, so he hasn't got the double bite of the, the Golden Eagle because clearly the four-year-old race. Does it diminish the conversation about when we're having about and when people lean on the arguments about the best horses in this country and financially being the number one, the number one argument? Um, I think when you look at somewhere like, say, America or England, is that the people there, the, the, you know, the, the punting, or sorry, the, the racing fraternity, respect their champions on their, you know, their, mm. on their accomplishments. Yep. And I think here, like, apart from when I was a younger kid, looking at some of like the prize money that was won by some of the champions, I couldn't tell you the last time I looked at it. Mm. Um, I think it's, I think it's irrelevant. Um, I judge a horse on, obviously, what they've done on the track, and then you know, potentially if it's a stain and gone on and, and whatnot. But. I mean, good luck to him. I hope he does. I hope he continues to win and obviously does get to the top. But I just where that where that sits in terms of measuring stick of where he's number sits. one. Winks, right? Yeah. Yep. Who's number two? Red Zell. That's a legitimate question. I, I don't. I, I don't. Mean, Nature Strip might be in front of Red Zell. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, three TJs. Um, and Everest, and Everest. Which I think he is maybe yeah. just the hundred. The the there you go. I don't even know it. So. The hundred. The hundred and fifty. Very elegant to be up there. Too. Yeah. Very elegant. Yeah. Should be. Should be fourth, yeah. maybe? That 150 pounds at Nature Strip 1 in Royal Ascot probably put him in a second, did it? <laughs> but there you go, that's a pretty example yeah, because is. I hold him because of that it date. Is. Absolutely. Is. I'm, not a, I'm not a stats guy and I'm definitely not a prize money guy because I don't have any taste so of any of it. has got three of the top four. Mm. What are you saying? No wonder you're so well dressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're firing up on a, uh, a big Friday, a huge weekend. The All Age, the Champagne and the Quokka. Amelia's Jewel is your current favourite at Ladbrokes and Pat Carberry is the jock who's going to steer her around and he's got to do it from the outside gate. And I found a little tidbit around about him this morning Ooh, that I'm going to open with that I have called absolute crap on. I'm going to find out if it's true. On the other side of this on the Ladbrokes Autumn Breakfast Show. Ladbroken on all your favourite racing. Download the Ladbrokes app today. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Live on SEN Track and streaming on the Live One channel on the Ladbrokes app. This is the Ladbrokes Autumn Breakfast.
You honestly think, you honestly think that you look younger than me. I'll, I'll admit, I'll admit, wherever you might be around Australia, hello to you, all thanks to Ladbrokes. I admit that I am older than you. In fact, by Thank probably you. a considerable margin. Thank you. There's your promo but, for the socials. But this is the guy copy about this. Uh, Ballarat got cancelled on Wednesday, as you'd be aware, so we moved some things around when we were recording some stuff, yeah. Ladbrokes Lab. You know, the, the race day preview. And we were all going to move it forward because the hard-working crew behind the scenes were like, if we can condense the day a little bit, it makes our job easier, right? Makes sense, doesn't it? It does. Well, we couldn't because old Cut and Colour had to go for a three-hour hair appointment. So we all just sat around all day waiting for Quinny to come with his eyes. Look at that, his shoe polish in his you know hair. When he joined so we well, can do the content. When he joined, he went and uh, went down to Joey's Candiza. Yep. Hasn't been back since. Hasn't been back. Yeah. He got, we got a free haircut, got free content out of it. Yeah, Looked like a back. hero. It and hasn't been back. And then we bumped into him at a restaurant one night as well, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, they do a wonderful job at Rock Ebony and it was three hours well spent. <laughs> no comment. Now, on the age, though. Yeah. What about the fact that you are... 42. 16 years older than this man 16 here. years older. Now, that's, that's staggering. I'm not sure if you've aged well or you've lived a very tough life. <laughs> <laughs> I'd I, say that. <laughs> I like to think it's a little of both. Dev devil's advocate, just a little of both. that's not fair. No, it's not. I'm not going to comment now. <laughs> Were you dyeing your hair at 26? Uh, yep. Were you on Twitter? No, it uh, wouldn't have existed. Not sure. Anyway, 736. 736. Is our special guest ready? Is someone can talk in my ear and I can then throw. Take the heat off ready. Me. Let's get to our man because Pat Carberry is an exceptional jockey. He's a huge part of what's going to be an extremely successful day and going forward, the Quokka. And he joins us right now. Pat, good morning to you. Morning, gents. How are we? Uh, look, I'm good. Before I let the boys let loose on you, I've got to ask you this question because I bumped into Gareth Hall, who, of course, hosts Giddy Up with Gareth Hall, which is the show after us. He said to me, when you have a chat to Pat, Remind him that I used to box with him and really just belt him about the ring. Is there any truth in that? Because I don't believe it. Uh, no truth. Uh, some truth. He used to do some boxing one-on-one -on -one with the same PT as me. Uh, I reckon he probably rocked up twice. Uh, <laughs> was late, late times. Um, yeah, Bit of a bit of a stretch of the yeah. truth, I think. Exactly how I thought it would be, mate. So let's get to the serious stuff. This is exciting. Before we get into the actual race, the quacker and what it's done, and the the conversations it's generating, and the buzz, and the really good horses that have rolled into West Australia for this race with the prize money up for grabs. It is great for West Australian racing. Yeah, it is great. Uh, obviously, um, quite a bit, fair bit of uh, chat about the race. A um, bit of a hiccup with the barrier draw, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's um, one of those things that can happen, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, it's created a good bit of buzz. Uh, a lot of talk about uh, about the Quokka, not much talk about the Karakata. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a big day. Uh, hopefully it's going to be a great crowd. Patrick, Nick Quinn here. Firstly, well done on your hot recent form. For those listening, six winners from your last 22 rides, so hopefully plenty of confidence going to the big one aboard Amelia's Jewel. But just speaking about the race in general, what I've loved is seeing it front page and back page of the Western Australian newspapers, leading news items. It really does seem like it's generated a lot of talk, not just in the racing community, which is always strong and always supportive, but the broader sports community. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, uh, that's what it was designed for, and that's what they, they were all hoping for. But uh, yeah, it's definitely created a great, great bit of uh, bit of talk about the town, and um, 
yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, it can be a great spectacle and, and continue on for years to come. And with the Eagles and Fremantle both going so badly, that probably doesn't hurt as well. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely need, need a bit more than, uh, than football to talk about, that's for sure. Paddy, Dan Cobby here. I um, just want to touch on Amelia's jewel. I'm sure the boys will touch on it as well. But um, is there a particular gallop or trial or even race start where you were aboard and thought, geez, we've got something special here? Uh, we knew that we had something special well before she'd even stepped out publicly. Uh, yeah, from the time she'd sort of, I pretty much got on her and canted around. I said to Simon, we've got a good one here. And, uh, yeah, we um, obviously didn't expect it to be as good. Uh, she's just kept taking taking the next step every time we'd asked her to. But, yeah, she's always give us that great feel. Pat, you mentioned the Shamozzle, the barrier draw, and unfortunately, Amelia's jewel and the, and the barrier got a little worse when we, uh, we did the redraw. Did it, has it significantly changed your plans or what you think the idea and how the race might pan out once those gates open with the change and getting barrier 14? She's generally um, sort of a midfield to back sort of horse anyway, so she's probably going to be in that, um, that back half, uh, possibly be a bit further back with the uh, outside barrier than what we would have with barrier nine, but um, it is what it is and um, we don't have control of, over what barrier we've got. Uh, uh, she's got a great turn of foot and I think the race will be run at a good speed, so it'll give her, every horse a chance. To be fair, I'm not sure anyone had control of what was happening on Tuesday, but uh, that's a different story. I'll ask you about, uh, really, with her, is it just... You know, when you're riding a horse like her and she's got an incredible turn of foot and we know how talented she is, do you focus more on just making sure she's in rhythm rather than worrying about what's going to happen around you? Because she's a horse that's going to go back. You mentioned the speed. It's a, it's a sprint race with really good sprinters in it, so the odds are they're going to go pretty quick. When you're riding her, are you just trying to make sure she's in rhythm and she's feeling good so you can get to the perfect spot late rather than worry about what other jockeys might be doing on their mounts? Yeah, definitely, um, 100%. You know, obviously she's got to be balanced and in a rhythm, but you also got to be mindful of who's around you and, and who you're tracking up. Um, obviously, you want to be on the back of something that's going to be bringing you into the race. But, uh, yeah, first and foremost is getting her into a rhythm and, and getting her happy. And, uh, you know, obviously it's a different kettle of fish this time. You know, she's obviously won against older horses that wait for age, but that, albeit that was over 1,800. But we've got some very good sprinters coming over from your way, so um, we're not taking the race lightly, that's for sure. Now, you mentioned the 1,800 metres. So far in her career, she's won over distances as short as 1,000 metres and up to that 1,800 metres. Lots of talk about what she'll do in the spring. What do you think her best distance will be? And if you were mapping out her plan for the spring, where would you send her? Uh, first of all, I would never even attempt to map out her plan. That's <laughs> not <laughs> That's when, the, when it would start to get wrong, but... Uh, <laughs> I've been asked this quite a few times, uh, her pet distance. To be honest, I don't really know. I'd probably say uh, 14 to a mile um, if you really had to screw me down. But uh, to be honest, she's been very versatile up to up to now. So, yeah, I guess we'll just um, let her tell us where she's, where she's more comfortable at. Mm, 14 to a mile. Sounds like uh, potentially a Golden Eagle type of horse for later in the year, Paddy. Um, I just want to touch on for you personally, obviously Amelia's Jewel is the highlight of the day, but Live to Tell looks a very, very serious horse as well. How's the preparation for you going into to such a big day with not only one good ride, but obviously another one as well? Yeah, everything's been been pretty good. Uh, yeah, ride track work every day. Um, 
going and ride both of those horses every day. Uh, Amelia's Jewel just swum today, but had to ride Luke the Tell. Um, so everything's going really good there. They've, they've, they're peaking on the day and, uh, yeah, looking forward to having, you know, a couple of good chances in the, in the biggest two races of the day. Pat, before we do let you go, of course, nice and early in the, in the West, we appreciate you uh, having a quick chat to us between what I'm assuming is going to be a, a pretty big full day. But for, for, for the people listening at home or watching Vital Labrokes app right now, what does your day entail from here? Do you relax at home? How, what, what does a Friday into early Saturday morning look like for you from here? Yeah, I'll be pretty chilled today. Um, I didn't ride through the week. Uh, just sort of took that out of the equation and just been pottering around at home. We've got a five-acre property, so there's always plenty to do. But today will be pretty much chill, just do a little bit of form, finish off doing that and uh, maybe a bit of Netflix and, yeah, just chillax. Uh, my weight's good and, yeah, so just get ready for tomorrow. A little bit of Netflix, I like it. Are you a Dockers or an Eagles guy? Uh, Eagles. All right, well, when you win tomorrow, at least you'll have something to be happy about because they might go down by 25 goals on Sunday gather round. Uh, Pat, as always, mate, we appreciate your time. And uh, good luck, and not just for tomorrow, but you're on two very nice horses that we do expect to see in huge races outside of West Australia later in the year, mate. So enjoy the ride. Cheers, boys. Thanks. There you go, Pat Carberry, who uh, joins us. And uh, it's exciting. We're going to get deeper into the quokka on the other side of it, the news. We'll have a look at the markets as well. But... Uh, it would be a very exciting, what, 30-odd hours for that man. And you are the pre-post betting king, mm. self-anointed. Golden <laughs> Eagle, would you be having something on now, Amelia's Jewel? I think that it would be a nice little play. I think there's a couple of horses you could have a little crack at, though. Giga Kick is, is one tomorrow, but I, I've been under the assumption the entire way through that 1,200 metres is going to be a tad short for Amelia's Jewel. She was brilliant a couple of weeks ago at 1,100 metres. They are going to go really quick. I will, as I've said on this show before, I have a futures bet on Uncommon James only because he's going to be a little more prominent and she's going to have to run him down. Would it stun me if she did? No, but I, I think that 14 to 1,600 metres of which you touched on there, that Golden Eagle feels right up her alley. That was a good question, wasn't it, by well, me? Yeah, it was. It was Thank perfect. <laughs> because it's just in the sweet spot, isn't it? But, of course, she's got to travel over. She's got to go the other way. There's so yep. many different variables with it. But in terms of pure class and ability, um, she would measure up in a, a Golden Eagle without doubt. If she... It's going to be a long way off them. She's going to go back to last, as we sort of spoke about. She does traditionally get back a little bit. But if she just runs them down... She just goes straight past Uncommon James and Bella Nipotina and these type of horses. It is going to set the stage for what's going to be an exciting six months of conversation. And this is why the Golden Eagle and, to an extent, the Everest, in fact, more so the Everest, is right now... They have to be half congratulated on what they do because the conversation goes 12 months a year. Yep. 12 months a year. So if she wins tomorrow, the conversation from tomorrow all the way to Everest Day is all about this possible West Australian mare and who's going to give her the slot. And once she gets the slot, is 1,200 metres good for her? And this is why the Everest is one of those conversations that are 12 months a year and I think it helps the race. I remember when they announced it, I'm thinking, four-year-olds, 1,500, mm. like, where is this in the, the program? But how, how well has it worked? Um, you know, you have to sort of tip your hat to, to Peter Valandis, Graeme Hinton, Ben Dunn, the team that have, I guess, put this in the, the program where it is because, as I said, when they first announced it, a lot of people sort of said, you know, where is this? You know, what, what, what's going on here? But, I mean, it works. Clearly works. You, you know, it helps a lot with any race. And this is why I'm... You know what? Let's get to a break, and I'm going to say my exact point on the other side of it, because the Golden Eagle and the Quokka have very similar theories about being successful, and I'll tell you what they are after we hear a bit of news.
Ladbroke it on all your favourite racing. Download the Ladbrokes app today. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Live on SEN Track and streaming on the Live One channel on the Ladbrokes app. This is the Ladbrokes Autumn Breakfast. Well, thanks to Ladbrokes, wherever you might be. Good morning to you, of course, via the SEN Track and the SEN Networks, if you're listening on the SEN app or via your local SEN Track radio station. Good morning to you as well. Get involved, 0499 736 736. Now, I half alluded to it, but it's, so the Golden Eagle is having a great deal of success, which the Quokka needs to emulate. You'll be able to correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Chris Waller won the first. Golding, Golden That's Eagle. correct, yeah. Sorry, I'll to Everest then. <laughs> Colette. Godolphin. Yep. I'm Thunderstruck. Star. I wish I win. Star. Right? This is why it is vitally important that tomorrow Amelia's Jewel or Uncommon James wins the Quokka because what helps races from the outset is you have a major, either powerful stable or powerful horse on the winner's list in early days. And I don't want to show any disrespect to any other horses in the race, but if Balanipatina is able to win the race tomorrow, which is a legitimate chance, it doesn't give it the momentum if Amelia's Jewel wins it and then rolls in and wins an Everest. Can I throw you one more that I think would take... If it wasn't Amelia's Jewel, the other one that would get as much attention and fanfare, Kementari. Now, I want Kementari to win, but I don't think it helps the race. Hang on a minute. Balanipatina's won a Manicato stage. She has. Amelia's Jewel hasn't yet. I, I know, but so, people look back. This is what people do. It's a hindsight audience thing, right? might, though. It's a hindsight thing. So people need to... There needs to be a great story or something major. Now, Bella de Patina probably is half the story because he Myron used as a, a freak, right? But essentially, when you look at what happens in hindsight to get these new slot races or these new sort of novelty races, which is the incorrect word, really, to get going, there needs to be a major story about it, and I, I think that I'm coming James. With Bella Nipotina and just no, what I'm saying is right now, I'm like, she's actually got she better. Oh, it's probably not the right term, better credentials, but you know what she I'm saying. She's a group she, one. Yeah, she's a group yeah, one. She, I'm not saying I, I, again. I'm not saying that they're not good horses that win. Mm. Like she's a very, 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 very good horse. She's won in Group One and may well win a couple more. Right. My my thing is from the story to get these momentum going. There needs to be an uncommon James who's a bit of a boom horse and a high horse himself, or an Amelia's Jewel who goes on this and then has a crack at these bigger races in the East. And that's why the Golden Eagle's been successful. In particular, you know, Waller early, Godolphin the year after, and then two horses that people legitimately, not hardcore racing enthusiasts, but the people who know them. I'm Thunderstruck and I wish I win a fairly prominent, you don't have to be a hardcore racing goer to have heard their name. No, but, point. but most of them at the top of the market have won Group 1 races it, and are, are in the top line of gallopers in uh, the country. Who, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not questioning the depth of the race. I'm simply talking about the momentum. If Bella Nipotima wins right, it'll be a great win for a horse who is a Group 1 horse. Absolutely no doubt. I'm just not certain it takes the conversation to the level it has to if Amelia's Jewel wins, in particular if Amelia's Jewel wins the race. But I think if Amelia's Jewel wins tomorrow, she still needs to then come to the Eastern States and go, remember that day in the yeah. Quokka when she beat up on the Eastern Staters? That's the day we knew she was... Exactly, yeah, but the top. conversation will then be hindsight. Well, she won the Quokka, hang on a second, this is the race that gets a little bit... I'm Thunderstruck sure. announced himself, essentially, in a Golden Eagle. I know he'd won the Turak. But he then went and won the, the... And then it became, hang on, he might be a... Well, it was. You know why? Because he had to go to Sydney, had yep. to travel to do it. He had to go the other way. Absolutely. And then, of course, he got the photo with the model on the, the Tuesday mm. of, so he actually overcame that as well. So, so it was... Not presenter. Model. So it was a big day. Who was it? 
Who was the presenter? One of presenter, old friends. A presenter from Sky Channel. So. Jeez, I tell you what, you didn't miss that. You were very quick to because it, slap it, that down. Yeah, because there's a big difference between presenter. Yeah, I agree. And model, because the model's both. the jinx. The presenter's oh. different. Is it really? <laughs> I think I, so. I would argue it's the front of the paper. Okay. It's the feature. But anyway, what does the Ludbrokes market that you've say? delved into that. I know. Amelia's Jewel 290, Ballonipatina firming at every call, now into $3.70, in from $5 on Wednesday. Uncommon James, what odds have you got pre-post? Sevens. Well, I reckon you'll get close to that. On really? the drift, out to $6, as for an $11 chance. I think it last time this happened, it was non-conformist in the Australian Cup, and he ran about ninth, so... <laughs> My favourite one is when I loaded up on efficient for the Melbourne Cup at odds of five dollars pre-post. <laughs> well, like look at Solcom this year. Like people would step yeah. into short odds about him. You you get quadruple the figure, really. How did you pre-post efficient at five dollars? At what point was five dollars? Anyone the derby? Yeah. Must have been, was it? Yeah. That was a long play. That's a long play. And you, play. you took him at five dollars for, the for, following year. for yeah. twelve months and three days later. Yep. Jeez, it might I... have been before the spring. But it was <laughs> slight unders. <laughs> so it hit the line at about $26. <laughs> total I'll tell you what, it was a good win. It was a great win. At least you identified the right horse, Quinny. It was, yeah, it was a little bit of sweet. Smart punters probably would have gone again. Not sure why I brought that one up. <laughs> that was my first ever bet. Efficient. Yeah. You're 11. I can remember my first. <laughs> we were talking about Gareth Hall Jim's stories before. He lived in Manly for a while. And... He ran, I ran into a bloke with Gareth and he goes, oh, we go to the gym together. We're going to go at 11 o'clock tomorrow. Gareth and I train. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll pop down. And I walk in. I'm like, where's Gareth? Where's Gareth? He goes, I don't know. I've been ringing him. I've been ringing him. And at that very moment, Gareth walked past on the phone eating a pie. <laughs> no comment. I've, actually, I've just had a text message <coughs> all the way. Oh. Yes? Carbs just asked how he can watch the interview you just did with him. So, Ben Carbonaro. No, Carbs. Paddy Carberry. <laughs> well, you know what we'll do? We'll get a, we'll get get a, a cut up, up and, and email yeah. to him. Especially my very good question. No. That text message is coming all the way in from Shongfa, the, uh, the Chinese centre for Hong Kong Jockey Club. There, there we go. Our show is spreading uh, far and wide. Absolutely it is. Is there any major money for anything a little further down the order? Or is it the three that are dominating it? Or the two, really, with Uncommon James being a little on the drift? Kim and Tari's been 26 into 18. If is you do like Kim and Tari, you can get $5.50 in a head-to-head -head match race with Bella Nipotina. Okay, there you go. I wouldn't be taking that. I, 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 I am... Um, agree with you. I agree with you, Quinny, is I'm, what you're trying to I'm say. I'm contractually bound to say that Kementari Jeez. would be exciting if it won the race, but <laughs> it wouldn't get my money. No, it might be top half of the field with a soft run in transit. <laughs> oh. With a soft run in transit, it might finish top eight. No, top seven. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it could. To be I, fair, that's not a... That's a fair statement. Yeah, I said that in all sincerity. Yeah, well, it doesn't exactly doesn't bode well the statement to enticing people to back it. No, I wouldn't be backing it. <laughs> all age, can you get the all age? We've got to get. I've got it. I've got it. You got it. We got crystal ball. The best bets not far you can away. Kick favourite three thirty. Yes. Zaki on his return. Mm. Where's he at? Six dollars. Mazu has firmed up in the market. Eight into seven. Jackano has had interest as well. Eight into seven. Private Eye. Of course, he was woeful last start. Mm -hmm. Was there excuses? Mm, we'll find out this start, I think. $9 next best. Cascading the Australian Cup winners went 11 into 9.50. So, wide open affair, but Giggy Kick at this stage a firm favourite. A couple of text messages coming through. First, the racing-related one. If Zaki wins an all-age and then goes on to another Queensland campaign with success, does he take on rough habit-like status? Uh, flat no. I wouldn't say flat no, but I'd say no. 
Okay, and the other one coming through, it's gone. It's coming from a smart person as well. I don't think that person's suggesting that he will. He's asking Just the question. Just asking the question. Yeah. Zaki's such an interesting race tomorrow because if he wins, and my money is on him currently, then all of a sudden, legitimately, I know this, this, this is where crystal balling, he'll, he'll have a Queensland campaign, and then on the back of it, because Dubai on it doesn't look like he'll hear for a Cox Plate, Animo likewise, all of a sudden Zaki is the pin-up horse possibly for Ladbroke's Cox Plate. Oh, no, you'll have 875 internationals coming. Yeah, Especially not, if Zaki's favourite. I'm, like we can, yeah. I'm not as certain about well, let's that. Hope, OK, let's quickly touch on that. Let's hope the Japanese are back. Agreed. And I think this year is the first proper opportunity. Yes. I mean, they haven't had flights, you've got to remember. In Agreed. Years. So this is the chance. So last year they blamed the logistical situation, which correct. is 100% correct. Out of the two... Country... But there's a big elephant in the room. No, well, there's not What's so that? much with the Japanese. What's the mm -hmm. elephant in the room? Mm -hmm. Well, when it comes to the scanning on the rest of it, that's the, oh, right. the concern with some of these international well, The Europeans have been the major problem. Absolutely. The Japanese probably not so much. So I mean, if... I'd say they're more likely. But have the Japanese had an opportunity yet to actually get here where it becomes True. a conversation. I'd say, generally speaking, they're probably that little bit sounder. You've got to treat it case by case. But what absolutely. I'm saying is, as a, you know, an overview of it, I would say that they're probably more chance of, of being know, here? getting here. Yeah, I would have Good news. That. Yeah. That's great news for the race and, of course, the spring in general. Have you got anything else for us before the break? Well, I've got the Cox Plate market up. So okay. Dubai on is the only runner in single figure odds at $5 in... You've expressed, expressed trepidation that Dubai well, will be in the race. My, I, I thought he would definitely, well, definitely be targeted towards it. I think the conversation has changed a little bit in the last couple of days, maybe the last week, and we all thought that Adib was going to stay here and have a crack at a Cox Plate. He just came here for two autumns and, and took the Queen Elizabeth. So I have a feeling, I, I do have trepidation now. So my point is, he's $5. It's double figures or better than the rest. So who I don't second? know. Who's I don't second? know who you'd go. Uh, well, it's eleven dollars the field, so there's a host of them there between eleven what and twenty-one. Is, what price is Legato? Legato's thirteen, but oh, and I don't know what the horse is, but there's every chance there is a horse that comes from Agreed. the field yeah. and st probably starts favourite. So that can be your job to identify that runner. We latch on to well, it pretty early though. That's all. I think he's found it. I think it's a Japanese horse who will start favouring the Labros Cox play. Yeah, I think so. Do uh, you have any inkling which one that might be? No, I mean, but you might look for a horse sort of out of the Takarazuda Kin and where we saw. Geez, Lee's, you said that well. Yeah, where we saw Lee Grishur come out of. Yeah, you might. That's probably where you're starting to look. Isn't well, it? it worked the last time that the Japanese could actually get here. You know. Uh, unhindered, right, in 2019. COVID then logistical issues and she came here and belted them. The only thing I'll say is that with the rise of the Saudi Cup throughout this period of where we probably haven't had the Japanese is that are we going to get that top-line Japanese horse back here? I mean, there is the, there's the bonuses that, that's put on through Ladbrokes and the Cox yep. Plate that I guess would entice them to come, and the prize money's fantastic. But we have to keep in mind as a jurisdiction and as a country is that the, the prize money's very good elsewhere around the world mm. as well in terms of the, the majors. Hong Kong's fantastic in their own backyard. Japan's prize money's fantastic. You've got the Saudi Cup, of course, they can race on both surfaces. So it's probably a little bit of a different situation to how it was, say, three or four years ago. Well, thanks to Ladbrokes. We wake you up each and every Friday morning, but this is the last show, isn't it? Stay tuned. My crystal ball. Oh. <laughs> Best bets and crystal balls are on the other side of this. Ladbroke it on all your favourite racing. Download the Ladbroke's app today. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Live on SEN Track and streaming on the Live One channel on the Ladbroke's app. This is the Ladbroke's Autumn Breakfast. Right around the world, this is the Labrokes Autumn Breakfast Show for the final time. 
maybe, whoever you might be, 0499 736 736. And I say maybe because Crystal Ball could spring a surprise. Hit it. On the Ladbrokes Autumn Breakfast, Crystal Ball. We'll start with you, Dan Cobby, because Quinny's got something bubbling that uh, he wants to drop, but we'll go to you first. I'm going to say, look, this is... This is certainly not a fence-hitting exercise here. Seems like the way you... Mm. No, I just want to make it clear. It. I Wish I Win is by far and away the most exciting horse in the country. Oh, that's a big statement. No, that's what I'm saying. That's not the statement. <laughs> but Team Hawks have won. I'm not going to say that, as, that it's as good, but it's just as exciting, I think, and that is by the name of Altivo. And where do we get to see Altivo next year? Well, he's won three out of three. Mm. He's won at Sandown last start. I don't know where we get to see him, to be honest, but he's still in work. He's still at Flemington, so he'll be ticking along for another assignment. But he reminds me of I Wish I Win six months ago. The problem is he's already four. He'll then turn five. He'll miss a Golden Eagle, which would sort of look like his type of race, but obviously he's too old. I was waiting for him to say the problem is it's with Wayne. No, I would never <laughs> say that. Um, I guess so in terms of his age, he's going to have to sort of you know, go against open age you know, in the, the spring. But... Very, very, very serious horse. Now, just quickly, this isn't a very crystal serious. ball. That is... No, he was very, very nice win last start. Yeah. Uh, this isn't a crystal ball, but a bit of developing news last 15 or so minutes. A little disappointing that we couldn't just get it straight from the family. But Nature Strip, not being retired, going to spend six or seven weeks in the paddock. No Queensland, but then going to head towards the spring. A race-by-race race preparation. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Did you know this? So you've sat on this show for 45 minutes, you've waffled on about the girls in your life and your <laughs> trips and everything like that, yep. and you haven't told us about the Nature Strip news. No, well, so what's happening is is that I'm actually taking his ticket to Ascot. Oh! There you go. <laughs> Beautifully done. And my crystal ball is that Aft Cabin will go to Royal Ascot and I think will be the best-performed Godolphin runner from our Midst. I think they'll both go. I think Aft Cabin and Animo will both go. I think they'll both run really well, but I'm warming to Aft Cabin running really well at Royal Ascot. Quick recap, who have we got going? Cool and Gatter, yes. Aft Cabin, Artorius, the yes. astrologist, yep. Animo. Yes. Five semi-booked. Yeah, Rock and Horse. I would say unlikely. You reckon unlikely now? So very unlikely. Okay. Yeah. I will say about Cool and Gatter. I think they'll I think we'll win both sprints. I think Cooling Gatter would be. private, I didn't go so bad last start. You'd probably mm. throw him in, but he's, oh, he can't go. Wait Five or six. Yeah, and you, we probably. How many, how many Australian or New Zealand, Australasia horses do we need to go for you to get on the junket? Oh, look, with you. If we get to double figures. I can't see there being a case. None? Know, no, I mean, I just have to sit here and do all the work. Mm -hmm. I'll be covering. Tarong or something gallops, and you blokes will be over at Royal Ascot. Right? I, mean, I, don't don't know, I don't think they've got a gallops track. <laughs> <laughs> That's how far I've fallen. Yeah. <laughs> how far you've fallen. You're on half a million a year, mate. You're doing all right. Uh, and my question is that half cabin will run really well at Royal Ascot. Hit me. All right. Or hit us. Bit of Wolf of Wall Street here. This is meant to be our last episode. We're not leaving. We're back. We're going to go up to Queensland and do a few shops up there. We're shops? Going, yeah, do a few locations, <laughs> shows on the road and really? whatnot. So when? stay tuned. All to be revealed soon. Campbell Brown, your girl Gabby, she'll be there as well. So just stay tuned. I think this show's going to be back sooner rather than later. So just quickly, when you say this show's going to be back without Dan Colby and myself. Correct. Well, no, I know. Conversations. We'd love you to be part of it. Oh, thank this you. This is breaking news. This could be the first show ever where the host has been sacked. Yeah. Incredible. Without being told. I feel like Hachi on the footy show. <laughs>
All right, best bet quickly. No, what do you got? Osipenko. Okay. Just back him in the pack of plate. Just keep backing him. Done. You're like a kid that tips their footy team every time. It's just every time that horse goes around. Yeah. <laughs> Osipenko. You got 20 seconds. You, in four you got 15, Quinny. All right. And I was about to read my footy multi, so I won't be doing that. Well, the lad's got nowhere near him in the footy. And no, you got nothing else. No best bet, nothing. No, just Osipenko. But just give us one. Just give us one. I've choked. Choked. Too much pressure. What race is choked in? Sandown, race four, number one. <laughs>